Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. I'm Will. And I'm Chuck. And we're going to be discussing the third episode of the Disney Plus series Hawkeye. This one is called Echoes. So I, I love that um, that um, Chuck did his research last week and had a little little bit of um, information on who this character was that we saw at the end of episode two, Echo. Y- yeah. Um, um. So... <laughs> yeah, so, we're definitely. It seems like everything is kind of coming coming right together, into, coming yeah, together. It, a very it's, it's um, all... a very thick hand came into the frame there for a yes, moment. Yes, it did. Um, so I didn't just see the thick hand; I saw a little bit more. Well, th- th- there was. Well, there I was... think I think it was the thudding of the feet <laughs> that kind of gave it away. It was I the think thudding it was of the, the corner feet. of the suit. It was it yeah. was the it was it was everything. It was the thudding of the feet, the corner of the suit, the chubby hand, and you know the yeah. indistinguishable laugh that mm. that the, only Vincent D'Onofrio can actually do. So yeah. before so we cool. actually get started, there is something that I wanted to say. Um, again, a little behind the scenes on this one. So before Lee joined uh, this chat, so we could actually get the episode started, Chuck, I was talking to him, and he immediately wanted to go into this, and I knew mm-hmm. why, and I stopped him because I wanted to save it for this. Uh-huh. And I told him, I was like, you know, Lee told me that you might not make this episode. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's one episode. But then as soon as I saw the episode and I went back to what we were talking about last week, I was like, oh, my God, that, what an episode for him to miss. I, right, I was, right. And I was actually kind of disappointed. Like, I wanted him here, man. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, glad, was... I'm glad that we've seemingly fixed the audio issues we've been having because that's, that's just nice. <laughs> It's nice. it's nice. Everything's still recording, Chuck? We Everything's still looking good? We're good. All right. Awesome. Everything's awesome. great. Awesome. Cool. What, what are you in the bedroom now? No, I actually have a spare room in my uh, basement. Spare room. Spare room. So right now it's just like an, there's piles of junk everywhere because we just Perfect. throw everything down here right now. Great so. for acoustics. That's what we need. Exa- that, exactly. Junk. <laughs> yep. Great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> got it so that's that's what i filled my room with so awesome yep. cool well let's get into this episode shall we echoes um so echoes it starts off i mean they kind of give us our little recap remember this remember that pretty much all the stuff we saw from the past recap um then we get into 2007 and we see this deaf girl we don't really know who she is at this point yet but we find out her name is maya um and she's she's in a regular school and she's basically she's pretty smart you know, regardless that she's like watching the teacher, she's picking up what she's saying. Teacher comes over, they're like, what are you doing writing in your book? And she's like, oh, like you have all the answers. You're actually doing what we're supposed to do. Good for you. Then we get into the, the you know, to continue more with Marvel, what Marvel's doing. Marvel is doing this classic Disney thing where there's a great relationship between a mother and a, or a, a daughter and a father, and then they kill him. They already did it. They already did it once before in the show. Now they're doing it again. So... Great. It's kind of Marvel the is just it, it's, it's just kind of a Disney, Disney thing that they put on things, and they've so, been doing saying. this since since the seventies. I mean, the seventies. <laughs> Let's go further back, buddy. I mean, when did Bambi come out and everything else? Like, yeah, we're going way back there. They keep on killing people's parents. Didn't Bambi come out in the seventies? I thought it was earlier than that. What, whatever. But the point. I mean, they're okay, just, fine. They're just, they're just killing parents left and right. Disney just of loves course. to kill people's parents. Of course, you know, Lion King. Yeah, Mufasa. I was gonna say Mufasa. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie was was just around that um oh man did you did you see that episode of the office where where they were um somebody was like hey we need to be more open about you know our feelings and stuff like that so they started sharing a story and they're like oh yeah this happened and that happened and one guy's like yeah so me and my 
my um, family went out to uh, out to Africa, and then my uncle Mufasa got stampeded <laughs> by a bunch of. Like, <laughs> he goes through the whole thing and just like, man, that sounds really hard. And then another guy's like, yeah. And then me and my cousin went to go visit my uncle Bernie at his beach house and then he died and then we had to carry him around <laughs> just kept going but anyway that's uh a little off the subject but yeah the the office has some really funny scenes I, I know a lot of people don't like they don't care for the dry humor of it but if you just if you just google or youtube some of the funniest like pranks between dwight and jim that makes the whole show it just it that's that's totally worth it. Or some of the funny parts, you know, I've to said get it out of. Before on this podcast, and I will never pass up the opportunity to say it again. I cannot stand Steve Carell's humor. It, you it don't have to like Steve me. Carell. Look at Jim and Dwight. It's John Krasinski care. and uh, and Rain Wilson. I, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so we got this so whole dad you, death, but, right? Before you move forward, I do like the scene where she's in the classroom and she's starting to learn how to read lips, but she hasn't mm-hmm. got it quite down yet. Right, and it actually right. like illustrates that in the subtitles. I actually yeah. thought that was kind of clever. That I was, was confused. I'm like, am I missing something in these bad subtitles, or is this the point? That's the point, which I thought was really cool. So, so um, yeah, I thought that was really good, too, because we're seeing the kind of the origin of this Echo character um, mm-hmm. and how she's starting off. Um, we see her having her talk with her dad. Like, you know, what sound does this make? What sound does that make? How about dragons? You know, why don't we see any dragons? Well, they're not from our world. And then she gets into this conversation about, like, you know, what if they found a way to get in here? It's like, well, then that would make them pretty powerful. Um, and then they kind of they go into different things about, like, living between two different worlds and explaining how she needs to find a way to jump between two different worlds because she's not going to go to any special school you know, she's going to have to learn how to pay attention, pay close attention to, like, different things, you know, um, so, by watching people. So I, I wonder, as I was watching this, and I, and I know that we've tried talking about this a few times and it's, it's failed. I don't know um, you were going to go into this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wonder if this is their way of somehow tying the Ten Rings and that storyline into here somehow. Because you got another world, you got dragons, you have all of that, which is, you know, almost the antithesis of what Shang-Chi is about. It's like, you know, it's the underlying story of Shang-Chi. And I wonder if that's just Disney's way of trying to tie that part of the storyline into here. And they're using this as the as the, the tie that does that. Maybe. I think I think it might be... If it's not a, if it's not the tie that does that, it's more of a kind of a nod to it to remind you, oh, this is connected somehow. I mean, just like a little nod. A little I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like it being a tie-in because I've been yeah. waiting. I've been waiting for like a singular event to happen to kind of tie a lot of these series together, and so far we haven't really gotten that yet. This is as close as I think we're gonna get. No, I get it. I get it. So anyway. She's watching, she's at karate class at this point. And I love that she's like, she's watching where he's putting his weight on his foot, you know, looking for weakness and figuring out like, okay, what do I need to do? Goes up there and just takes, takes this big guy out, you know, and she's talking to her dad afterwards, like, you know, good job. Um, I have to get going. Um, you're going to, your uncle's going to take you home. And I'm like, oh, uncle Wilson. Cool. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious right there. Like who else would that be? You know, it's, there's not even a question at this point that that's clearly, um, Wilson Fisk. So 
we find out at this point that, um, you know, she gets up, she's got a prosthetic leg. We didn't see this until this exact moment, right? That she had a fake leg. When she's a little kid, you see it, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. Well, yeah, I see it there. In, and then when she's, in when she's Yeah, when she's doing the karate cast, she notices she has a, uh, a yeah. fake leg. So I'm like, oh, okay. So she, she's deaf. She's missing a leg. I'm like, oh, she's got a few things. So um, we're touching upon the different, you know, uh, the cultures, the different people. You know, we've got um, a lot of stuff going on here. So cool. Love it. She's a fighter. She's definitely strong. Find out that her daddy was one of the tracksuit mafia dudes. And they're all getting taken out by the Ronin. I mean, we see her fighting some other people as she get, gets older. So now at this point, she's older. She's fighting. Goes in there and tracksuit daddy killed by the Ronin. Got it. Okay, that is why she is so like hell bent on getting um, the Ronin and why yeah, she's involved. Sense. You know what's funny? So, Just uh, I, I watched Endgame last night, and um, I wanted to see a few things like. You know, we talked last week about, you know, the tattoos that he has, the sleeve. You know, in the beginning of Endgame, he has no tattoos. Five years later, when he's the Ronin, he has the sleeve of tattoos. Mm. So, you know, he, he does have his tattoos in Endgame. Um, and I was watching when he's in Tokyo. I told you this earlier. When he's in Tokyo and he's fighting the the leader of whatever gang he's fighting in there. I did not realize it's the same character. I don't know if you saw the movie, Will, but it's the same character that plays Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Same actor, then. Yeah. The same actor. Yeah. So plays Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. You talking about the new Mortal Kombat? Okay, you're you're talking about the new Mortal Kombat. I have not seen that movie yet. (laughs) Oh, so good. I haven't seen it yet. Because I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, Scorpion. I'm still. I'm thinking, like, we never saw him without the mask on in that movie. So I'm like, what are you talking about? But I've never seen the new one. So yeah, the new one you see without the mask. It's the same same guy. Um, but but I I, you're you were right though. He does wear the full mask on his face when he Mm -hmm. is um the Ronin in the movie. I was like, I don't. I never remembered that. But you know, to your point last week, he he does wear the mask over his face with the the whole thing. Right. right before Nat comes in and talks to him, he takes it off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after watching this, I've, I've gone back and after watching this one, I have to say out of all my, out of all like the sidekick heroes, you know, you got Scarlet Witch, you have Vision. They're not the main characters of the Avengers. I would say that Hawkeye is probably one of my favorite ones so far. Well, it's I funny because he, he's been he's been like the least favorite for so long, but now that they're finally giving him some type of story, it's like, okay, I'm glad they're finally doing it because now they're giving us something to, to really appreciate about him. What I right. do appreciate about him, and we did get it in Age of Ultron, is that he's a dude with a family, and he, you know, lives his life as a dude with a family, but he right. has his job. You know, and they're carrying this on here. And I think that's what makes it really, really cool. I mean, especially in this episode, they pull all the heartstrings um, when he's got no hearing aid on the phone. We'll get there. But um, I think for me as a dad, it's like it really tugs on some certain parts you don't get from the other characters. I mean, they tried to do it with Tony Stark with this girl who just suddenly existed and she was only around for two minutes in the movie, you know. But this, it's like it's been an ongoing building relationship we've seen. You know, we saw him have his family, then we saw him lose his family at the snap, and then he regained his family again, and now here he's struggling to have a balance, you know, between doing what he knows is right and being a dad and a, and a you know, husband. 
So I like that we're getting that aspect of somebody in the Marvel Universe because it, it brings it's it's a perfect story for Christmas time. You know, I love that they used they used Christmas time for Hawkeye's story because of the importance of family. I think it's great. I would agree. I understand where I you're coming from on that. I um I don't know. I still I still get the feeling and even when you're watching this episode, it's just for him, I think it's more of the rush of being out there and in, in the thick of being a hero, quote unquote, that really gets his blood pumping. And he might just be the kind of personality that needs that every once in a while. I think it's also a level of guilt. I mean, he still feels bad about losing Nat and he sees somebody who could get killed because he didn't jump in to protect them because of what he did. It's basically his his the sins of his past um, are catching up all to attack this girl who's just an innocent girl who put on a, a hood, you know. Right, which which I hope, you know, I, I still hope they touch on that because in Endgame, they touch on Bruce Banner really and Hulk being really sad that Nat's gone, um, and they right. captured that more than they did with him, and I. I mean, Clint and Nat, I mean, they're, they're best friends. They brought they it up in the, begin- in the first episode here, too, though. You know, when he was at the musical and she was dancing around, they're like, I know she's yeah, gone, they, Dad. They touched on I it wouldn't like say I wouldn't say seconds. that Hulk was more, I wouldn't say that Hulk was more, or Banner was more upset about Nat no. being gone than Clint was. That, that entire fight scene. On I his, would, because Bruce Banner yeah. liked her. Bruce Banner would have, if, if yeah, he wasn't no, they, the they Hulk, had, he wanted had a like relationship a, with her. That's why the whole, you know, the, right. her rubbing his hand and doing the whole, the sun setting thing. And she was the only one that <laughs> could calm the Hulk down. Right. What was that? The sun's getting real low. Yeah. 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 They, yeah I know they, there's okay, that. But they the, had a connection. But, they had a connection. But to say that it was on the level of what Nat and Clint had when they were fighting different. over that soul stone, completely different. That whole scene was like a morning in itself. Exactly, and it hit Clint yeah. way more than it hit Bruce. I'm, I, right. I'm sorry. That's just that is, that's what I think. That's my opinion on the matter. Right. So I don't know about I don't know about that. But um, as far as as far as him feeling guilty, okay. So here's an interesting question: Would he be doing this if there wasn't a bigger threat out there in New York that was going to come after this Kate this Kate character? So, i.e. Kingpin? I don't think so. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if so. he would. But he doesn't even know who, who Kingpin is. I don't think of it's course really like does. a thing yet. He knows of who course Kingpin he does. Is. He knows exactly what this is because he referenced Are we already at that point? Oh, I mean, okay. Okay, I guess. I mean, so. I know I'm jumping ahead. The That's why you go back to what Will was saying last week about when he was looking over his shoulder, it wasn't because of the track gang, the tracksuit gang. It was because of something bigger, and he knew... He knew. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I, I think I think if there wasn't a bigger threat out there, I would be more on Lee's side about there being a balance and him wanting to be a family man. He would have just and you know what, the tracks the tracksuit game, they're idiots. She's gonna be able to handle herself. I'm going home. Like and that pretty much would have been the end of the story, but there has to be a bigger threat out there, something that's actually dangerous and, and this massive threat to her life and that's kind of what I was going on last week. So, I would love to see Hawkeye and Daredevil connect. I have, yeah. I, I have I, a different, yeah. I have a different wish. Yeah, I think he should stay with his family. Of course, you do. Are you thinking her in Daredevil? 
No, I'm thinking Hawkeye. And maybe this is a bit more out there on my theory, my my um theory crafting. But I mean, Daredevil. I I have to assume that he's going to play somewhat of a role. We know that we're getting Kingpin at some point. The only thing missing from this equation that I think would fit like a glove is is Bettenthal's version of Punisher. Like that's to me, to mm-hmm. me, like that interaction between him and Hawkeye. That's I don't know. I kind of want that. Bringing like, Punisher like, into like, it, yeah, like just the like like the, just the juxtaposition of those two characters alone is enough to get me really interested because Punisher does not lie about who he is. He knows who he is. He knows where he belongs, and he knows what he's meant to do. And Hawkeye going through this really a problem, trying to like find some balance between his hero life or his vigilante life and his home life. I just think that Punisher would really be able to kind of maybe tell him something that they doesn't already know. Hmm. That's just me. That's yeah. my wish. That's my desire for that. I don't know. I, I think that's much more interesting than anything that Daredevil would be able to bring to that to that equation. Well, let's think about this. I mean, the Punisher lost his family, right? Yes. So he lost his whole family. I'm wondering if he's if if he was introduced, like how he would approach Clint. What know, are you doing about, here? About, you know, Why are you the, here? What are you doing? You have this a family. isn't where you belong. You have a family. Go right. take care of them. You right. don't need to be out here doing this anymore. That's what and I'm that talking fa- about. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I Especially, see and, and, and yeah. Bettenthal is such an amazing actor that he would be able to pull that off. No uh, I, problem. I, I didn't watch all of Punisher. I watched maybe the first bit of the first episode, but I couldn't get Shane out of my head. So that's exactly it was just really why I hard. watch it. Oh, really? I could not watch it because all I could see was Shane. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. I could see was Shane. I was like, I can't do this. You gotta I let heard that it was go. a phenomenal series. Know, it's, though, he's amazing. He is an amazing Punisher. I, I, what, I much no, prefer so, what... what. Nobody liked Thomas Jane? I didn't. <laughs> I'm all set. I'm uh, all set. I didn't mind Thomas Jane. I didn't like um, Travolta oh, the, the, in that Ray, movie. Oh, yeah. No. Did you watch the one with Ray Stevenson? <laughs> The Warzone, Punisher yeah. Warzone? Yeah. I didn't that was like interesting that for what it was, but it was not, it was like it was, a, I feel like it, it was a feel, low budget, just yeah. kind of, nobody talked about it, just kind of happened. <laughs> Bettenthal played Punisher, um, very matter of fact. Hmm. There, there's, there's, there was very little question about who he was and what he was doing and the way that he was doing it. Like he mm-hmm. was a vigilante to the fullest. There was no, <laughs> there's no wiggle room here. Like in yeah. with every other iteration of the Punisher that we've seen on the big screen, there was kind of that like, should I? Shouldn't I? I don't really know. Like and and you know a little bit of guilt. Not with Bettenthal. Bettenthal through and through, he is what he is. So right. that's, I I I much prefer that. I don't know. Yeah. I still think that it's gonna be if they entered because solely because of Kingpin. I think Daredevil will come through first before Punisher does. Oh, so do I. So do I. I mean, that's just... Yeah. I can hope. I can dream. We <laughs> shall see. I right, just wonder so... who they're going to use for... Who, the, who they're going to use for Kingpin and who they're going to use for um, Daredevil, though. I think what it's pretty mean? obvious that Kingpin is Vincent D'Onofrio. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's it's. And I said this to Chuck before Lee joined up, joined the call. It's almost like it's almost like when you go back and you watch that first like teaser trailer for Spider Man, 
and mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's laughing in the background, you know it's Willem Dafoe. Like, there's no question. Like, in right. here, you have Vincent D'Onofrio very clearly giving that chuckle that only he can give. Like, it's... He was a phenomenal kingpin. Oh, he, yes. was, he was the best. Yes. Phenomenal. He was definitely kingpin. the best. It would he was be lot... foolish. Yeah. It would be foolish for them to try anything else. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. All right. So, after the opening credits... <laughs> I know, right? That's literally where we're at. The, the opening credits just happened. So now we're back to where Clint and Kate are, and they're tied to these little, you know, motorized ponies. And the ponies are done. They're like, oh, no, we need to do it again. Quick, go get more quarters. <laughs> and Clint's just like, wow, okay, great. Good job, guys. That was so fun. Yay. <laughs> so then he's explaining to her that he was trying to clear her name from the suits, and then she decided to drop in, literally, and just ruin everything. Yeah. Um, so the guy that I've been laughing about since <laughs> since the since the uh, second episode, the one who was like getting all worked up because he's like, oh, it's OK. OK, it's been a rough day. You've been on fire. Um, the guy with the little blonde goatee there, um, he's having like an argument with his girlfriend on the phone and she steps in and gives him like actual relationship advice. And he goes, oh, my God, I got to call her back. And he runs <laughs> off. And it was about like. Tickets to go see Imagine Dragons. He bought yeah. tickets for her, and she's going. I, I love that it's just like this dumb conversation. It's very Tarantino, just this useless conversation. It doesn't even go anywhere. Um, I mean, really? I mean, maybe it does. Maybe it we goes get a nowhere. More it goes. I, mean, no, I don't think we're going to get a conclusion to the story of the Imagine Dragon concert, dude. Well, no, but no, I'm saying like the fact that she's working with somebody trying to like you know be more of a person and try. She's trying to get Clint to be more personal. I think it was just to establish that he loves Imagine Dragons and she hates him. But he he Homer Simpsoned it where he bought her tickets to go to a concert that he wants to go see. And she's like, well, I'm going to take my sister then. And he's mad because now he can't go see Imagine Dragons. And it's like, yeah, the valid point. She brings up a really good point. Well, I think you both need to apologize to to each other because you clearly got her got her a gift that was for you and not for her. And he's like, oh, my God. It was like, so that was funny. Um, so we got Echo who comes out and we finally have this, you know, face to face conversation. And um, he's out there. Um, what was it? Oh, she comes out and she starts signing to him and everything. And um, <laughs> he responds, you know, with what he knows of sign language, which is not very much because he usually just uses a hearing aid, whereas she right. just, you know, is deaf. So she's always she's known sign. He knows just enough to communicate to his kid and start teaching them in case he loses complete hearing. And <laughs> finally, she asks this, you know, this. He, he asks, you know, I'm this, I'm here. And she's like, what are you doing here? But he has no idea what that even means. So he's like, uh, uh-oh. And he goes, more cookie, please. Thank you. <laughs> so y- y- you, skipped, you skipped over one little part that I wanted to touch on because I thought it was kind of important. Mm-hmm. When she first looks at Clint and she sees knows, the side yeah. of his head, she notices the hearing aid. Right, just like everything, she notices. She she pays notices attention. the hearing aid, and she actually makes it a point to tell him, "You might be better off without it." Right. That's, oh, that's, 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 that's I thought that that's was what I was cool. getting at. It says right okay. here, "Better off without the hearing aid." You might be better um, off without the hearing aid. Yeah. Which I which mean, that, obviously, which for that, and I that's leading into something we're going to see later on. I was going to say obviously. that line actually leads into more. Um, mm-hmm. In his character. Yeah, for his character. So I think it uh, it does bring more depth for him. I think it's really cool. Yeah, Hawkeye, you know, not Hawkeye. We get there. 
Um, but he basically still explains the situation. They have the interpreter there, Kazi, who's kind of kind of explaining to her what's going on and signing back and forth and interpreting, explaining. Um, he's like, listen, she put on the suit by accident. I mean, look at her. She's nine, you know, and just kind of goes. He's like, she's not the Ronin and just ripping on the whole thing. And he's like, this is just, you know, she was just trying to get out of there. Um, explains that Ronan is dead. They ask who killed the Ronin. And he doesn't actually say it. He just lips it to her, Black Widow. And then it comes back and they go, how was Black Widow? It's like, why did he bother lipping it to her if they were just going to say it? I don't understand why they did that. I don't think they, he didn't lip it to her. He said it. They were just showing it to you from her perspective of listening to it. Because they did that oh, often. Oh, okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got so they were, they were putting you into her and saying, okay. Okay. She, now you're seeing it from her perspective. She can't hear, but she's reading his lips. Okay. No, no. I think Black I Widow. think Lee I think Lee has a point to question that. Why lip Black Widow? He didn't lip. She was. She can't hear. She can't. He, okay. So so she, we were but, hearing but still, what she can't hear. But still, why do it that way in that manner? Why not just come out and say Black Widow so it's audible so the audience can hear? <laughs> Why I think show it's because, from her perspective? Because eventually we get a perspective of him when he can't hear anything. So we're tr- they're trying to get us into that world of deaf people. They go back and forth with it. Like they go, yeah. even when she was a kid, she would go back and forth with hearing things and seeing things. Um, and that's why they actually subtitle it. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought there was a point to them not making Black Widow audible. No, they just su- yeah. they subtitled it. They so su- they put. I know Black they subtitled Widow. it, but well, it wasn't so audible. Reason, I think the reason why I got lost is because when I usually watch these a second time, I put the subtitles on to get all the little subtleties in the dialogue, and right. it said it said Black Widow inaudibly, and I'm like, oh, why did it say? It? Oh, now I get it. So no, yeah. I, I I believe with Chuck, with what Chuck said, it actually makes sense. It's world building. It's giving you a sense of like what her world is like. So I get that. That that's a real valid point. I guess anyway. So. Um, I thought it, like, I thought great. it I, I there was a part of me that actually kind of thought that they didn't want the audience to hear Clint's voice tremble when he actually said her name. Yeah, that's, that's like maybe stretch. it's kind of a sore spot for him, and they don't want to like reveal all that yet. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they would have done that, or they were they were trying to achieve both and kill two birds with one stone. Mm. I guess so. Killing birds, so they're over there sitting around and yeah talk about black widow killed him he's like great the only the one person who did it isn't here and then he explains you know how do you know that black widow did it um well because he was there okay and i think that and it's it's one of those things like you know like darth vader you know he dies and anakin comes back type thing and you know it's just like you know the ronin's sure. dead clint's yeah. back you know he, he wasn't lying you know i was there when black widow killed him yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um anyway, so Echo just loses it at one point and starts choking out Kate. Oh, okay. Like no. that, that she I mean she knows again they're lying. She knows they're lying, but she's choking out this nine year old, you know? So it's just Well, she's not nine. I, I know, but it's just it's weird because whatever. She's clearly not the Ronin, but But she was clearly the one who had the suit on. Yeah, I know. But they they explain that um, so she's not okay. So in this instance, like they're lying to Echo. She mm-hmm. knows there's something else up. Not mm-hmm. saying that I agree with what she did, but she's not wrong. Like she's justified. No. Yeah, yeah. She's just losing it. So at this point, 
they go around, they, they walk away, and Clint's like, wait for my signal. He was already, like, chipping away pieces of the little pony, cut off his, um, his um, tape with it, says, wait for my signal, and books it. They get mm-hmm. into this really cool fight scene. Um, I thought the fight scene was great, just showing them utilize all, I, I mean, very Jackie Chan stuff, you know, utilizing the materials around the room. Um, mm. You know, it's it's much better than just like hand to hand combat and you know gun kata and all that stuff. But using the stuff that's in the room, hiding in the ball pit, you know, very Paul Blart, <laughs> you know, um, all that stuff. Watching Endgame last night, you saw a lot of him fighting people behind glass. So all you saw was silhouettes fighting. And mm-hmm. in this episode, <laughs> in this episode. They show that as well too. When he's fighting Echo, you see behind like a like a um like a fogged out window, you see them fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um so you're not seeing them fight, you're seeing their silhouettes fighting. Mm-hmm. Um and for me it was a it was a you know, that style, that Ronin style of fighting that you see in Endgame. Um mm-hmm. cause he's going to go get his bow. And then yeah. you get this. I, th- I think this scene right here actually showcased his bow talents more than any movie has so far. Well, because he actually did more shooting in this than he had in any other movie, and he did some crazy stuff with his bow. I thought it was interesting because he's he's running around and he's doing all this hand to hand, face to face combat stuff, and then he gets his bow. And he's doing everything he can to keep his distance from everybody just so he can use his bow. Because somebody is like two feet in front of you, there's not much you're going to do with your bow. So right. I just I thought it was funny that suddenly, suddenly they weren't that close to him anymore. And he was able to do that. But that's just Hawkeye. Well, when he was close, like yeah. in the ball pit, he used two arrows to Oh yeah, he stabbed him in the feet? That was great. Yeah. That was um, so when he was close, he did do a lot of that. But if you go back to, like I, <laughs> I started watching the original Avengers a couple of years ago too, just to get caught back up. It even alludes to that. It doesn't allude to it. It says it in the original Avengers movie when he's, when they, when they're in the compound with the Tesseract and Fury is asking where Hawkeye is. And the doctor who's in Thor says he's up in his nest. And Hawkeye says, I do better. I, I see better from a distance. Right. So you know that from a distance, he does better. And I think to keep true to that, they held on to that with this episode. Yeah, because you know, keeping his Hawkeye. distance and doing that. So right. This is this is a fantastic scene, though. I love. I thought this it was scene. cool. I mean, there was one that was like besides the the arrows to the feet and some of the cool stuff he was doing. There was one slide because he ended up so he ends up shooting um the the arrow um goes pretty much like slices Kazi's head on the side and then rips off the duct tape on her hands. Amazing yeah. shot as he's yeah. like flying through the air because he like jumped right. off of something. It was a great shot. And then um, he amazing backwards. precision. Just pre- yeah. yeah. Like all these amazing shots and so as she's fighting and stuff like that there was one shot she did where she like did this slide on the floor and grabbed onto the like to the support beam and like mm, spun, spun around and took people around. out. I'm like, that was really cool. Yeah. It was, it was really well choreographed. I will say that this is probably the best choreographed scene so far in the show. Um, yes. yeah, absolutely. At, like hands down the two of them. Um, and know, then the LARPer scene was pretty, was pretty well choreographed. The, you're like right. That. that was, that was amazing. Nice and slow. Um, <laughs> so at this point, you know, she, he's got the face to face with, um, with echo. She, she breaks his hearing aid. So that's, 
great, so now he's got no hearing aid, and he's not used to that because he's always just had his crutch. She did say you rely too much on technology, and it's true. He was relying on his technology, mm-hmm. um, and now he doesn't have it. So this is going to be a huge thing. By the end of this series, we're going to see a new and improved Hawkeye, and I think that's awesome because he's going to learn how to adapt to losing that sense, and it's going to make his other senses even greater. So that's May, um, maybe that's where they're going. Maybe maybe Chuck had a point at the beginning of this thing where he said to bring it up Daredevil because now you're going to have like the deaf and the blind. That's what I said. See no so, evil, hear no evil. Yeah. Well, it's oh, gonna, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're going to yeah. gonna recast it with, uh, oh, no, never mind. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder are both dead. Yeah, dude. Oh, sad. <laughs> but the funny thing is the blind guy that was the bad guy in that movie, he was the governor dude in, um, in the, the Matrix the guy the, who brought him down to the machine world or whatever down there, like the, oh, okay. the engine room, that guy, he say, was the bad, he, he about? was the bad guy in see no evil, hear no evil. It was actually, if you haven't seen that movie or you haven't seen it in a while, rewatch it. That movie is hilarious you to, know, see, and I want- to see a deaf Richard or sorry, a blind Richard Pryor and a deaf Gene Wilder working <laughs> together to solve a crime. It's hilarious. I don't know. I would love to see, I was thinking about this. We discussed this last week and Will had brought up using Charlie Cox again for daredevil. Oh yeah, no, I, I would. I said he, I said he'd uh-huh. be too old, but I start, I've been thinking about it all week, and I'm like, nope, he'd be perfect for the role. You can't you can't? And you can, it, it kind of makes you want to go back and watch all three seasons all over again. It kind of makes you want to go back and watch the, uh, you know, the Ben no. Affleck one. No, no, it <laughs> no. doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You want to watch the Ben Affleck one? You yeah. do. Hey, yeah. while you're at it, you should watch Ryan Reynolds and um. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, but no, Char- yeah. Charlie Cox could absolutely play Daredevil. I know he they would be. They perfect. would be Disney, Marvel would be foolish, foolish to recast these people. Like it's it's already was, there. It's already there. And he doesn't need to do like a full another series because, like you said last time, he already has three seasons. So even if they just gave him you know fillers here and there, it would be enough to because you can. Everyone will go back to Netflix and say, yep, I know who that is. Same same suit, same costume, same everything, and just keep him the same. It, it, he's a perfect fit. Yeah. So I, I, I walk back what I was saying last week about him being too old. I think he's actually a perfect, perfect fit. Yeah. Good man. I agree. <laughs> so anyway. They, um, they get it out of the place, and they run by this uh, 72 Challenger. Well, she's like, let's take this car. And he goes, I'm not messing. I'm not going to smash a 72 Challenger. So they run and find this old Chrysler, you know, just like, you know, an old grandma mobile. Um, not any grandmas today, but like our grandparents back in the day. Um, just <laughs> this old boat. Um, they get in there and he smashes the thing open. He's trying to hotwire it. He can't hear a thing she's saying, obviously, because he's looking at what he's doing. And she's like, he's like. Quick, you get in here and drive. She goes, I'm not driving. He's like, get in here and drive. Like, they're not hearing each other at all. They get in there, car won't start up. They're coming out, shooting at him. And then- well, he does say that to her, too. He says, you, he says, I can't hear a single thing you're saying. So he does let her know that he can't hear her. Right, right. So. <laughs> I like that they click, though. Huh? Eventually, they do start to click. The, well, that's because- what makes this. I, I've got that in here. This scene, okay, actually, is really, really cool. So as they're, as they're doing this, um. She's like, whatever, they get in there, he's going to drive, and she's going to shoot. It actually worked out pretty well, but they, he goes ahead and he does the, you know, the Marty McFly smacks the car, and then all of a sudden it turns on thing, but they hit it, 
and the music starts playing, and it's the very beginning of the Mad Russian's Christmas by Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and I'm like, ooh. At first I heard it, and I'm just like, this is just the beginning of that. I'm like, oh, but it's going to get pretty awesome, and yes, this is a great song for a car chase. Here yes, we go. It is. So it comes in. They're doing, she's pulling out the trick arrows. He's like, we're all out of regular arrows, and she's like, wait, what? Trick arrows? We have trick arrows? So she's excited. And the oh, yeah. first one, the first one, so she, this, I will say, I'm just going to say right here, she spends the entire time sitting on the door, like out the window of this car, right? Doesn't fall in the midst of everything happening. There's no handle on the roof of the car. How was she not falling when they were doing like crazy car stuff? I mean, you're in the car and you do a quick turn that doesn't like peel out or anything like that. You're still going to get thrown around a little bit, but they're like doing crazy car chase stuff she and she never fell. She would be a superhero if, it was the, if she fell. Oh, she's a superhero now, not just a hero. Okay, what is her superpower? What was she bitten by? A radioactive hawk? No, she can, she's, and even Hawkeye says it in, the, in this episode too, that she is we'll get one there. of the best archers Archer in the world. Archer has nothing to do with hang, hanging onto a car <laughs> that is like from the it's, outside it's marvel okay. man oh okay i know but it's just i at accept one, it at one point at one point they did a complete like I, i'll say no not a complete so it was almost a 360 and she didn't fall out and i'm like how is she that was inside even the possible? car when that happened she was not really inside the car she was still outside <clears throat> i'm talking that's i'm not talking about later on when they when they turned sideways no See, i put anyway. it up to like yeah I, I, I chalk it up to like even things like in um what was it Bruce Willis and live free or die hard when he does that slingshot where he's not the slingshot where he's standing in the center of the intersection and the car comes swinging around and they open the car door and he just no, that's wanted. sits into the car that's wanted what? that's wanted no yes it's live free or die hard he did it first Bruce Willis did it first and then in red he does the slingshot where he gets out of the car but in this one he car. sits into the car and sure? it was dumb. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. And, and I remember him getting out of the too, car like that and going like that dumb. is ridiculous. How is that even possible? Okay. Anyway. It's not. Um, so they're out there. She's hanging out the whole time. Never falls out. Again, this is something where I'm going to pull my normal stuff, which is one little thing could have fixed this for me. You know, if he had some type of like grippy handle thing in his bag of tricks that he could just poop pop on on the the top of the car here take this you know boom done you know just something because it was very unrealistic and it was it was it distracted me from the entire scene i'll say that there were some funny parts i'll talk about but i I was very distracted from the whole scene because i'm like this is really unrealistic i mean everything else is unrealistic to a point but this is just a a matter of physics that we're seeing of of a person's body who's not captain america you know, if she was like the Hulk or Captain America, okay, then she could just stick her fingers through the roof and hold on tight. Got it. She's not. That's not what happened. She has no grip. I, I think that's why I enjoy movies more than you do sometimes. <laughs> because I just, I let that, it's it's part just, of the makeup of the show. Yeah. It's obviously not realistic. And if you look at all of the little itty bitty intricacies that could make it even more unrealistic, you know, all of the action shows or the movies that we watch, you know, again, going back to Live Free or Die Hard, when he's jumping off of a 
intersection onto the wing of a plane. You know, <laughs> no, he, no, he, he jumped off the wing of the plane and slid between and, two pieces of the highway. Right. Like, or in, I will ask you, bridge. I will ask you, sir, have you listened to any of the podcasts that Lee and I have done in some of the movies that we've discussed? Well, that, or that, the Die Hard. That's kind of that's kind die of hard with the, was it Die Hard with the Vengeance, where he oh comes my God. launching he, out of the manhole, launching like, out of the manhole. Ridiculous, oh ridiculous. How every bone in his body wasn't broken after that is beyond me. But that's not the reason. That's not the reason why I ask you. I mean, if you haven't noticed, it's kind of our our shtick around here to, to to nitpick at these little things that happen in movies that are just so absurd. You, you can't mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes you just can't forgive it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, sometimes, it's, is, and, I, and I and I am on Lee's side one hundred percent here. There were some things that were happening as she's hanging on the outside of this door that were just ridiculous and defied physics. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, it just, I'm sorry. Go ahead I, and go ahead and shoot out a window. I get that, but the fact <laughs> that she had nothing to hold on to did not nothing, make sense. Nothing. 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 Have you ever tried holding on to a smooth surface like that, moving at high speeds? You can't. Unless her feet were holding on to something. Yeah, she must have had really strong legs. <laughs> and they were pressed as far as they could apart. Was she sitting between, between on the, the bar- actual door or was yes. she sitting like on the handle of the inside of the door? No, no, she was, she was sitting on the, on the door. door. Yeah. She was sitting on the actual door. Like where the door. window comes out. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And like he there's does no a complete he hmm. does a complete 180 and she <laughs> Yep, everything's and fine. She's fine. That's yeah. that's when she says it would be better if I could shoot the other direction. He's and then he said, no, 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 "Yeah, so so basically, that's what I, as, that's as the part there, that I did like. That's the part so that I here, really did like that they clicked." So as this happens, she goes, "Be a lot easier for her facing the other way." And then he turns around and goes, "You know, it'd be a lot easier for her facing the other way." And she turns around, she laughs, and she's like, "Okay." And, and this is actually the best thing that could have happened for their relationship at this point because he's she's like, no "We're communicating." Longer, He's no longer being stubborn because he's not hearing her say things. Because if she said it first, he wouldn't agree with her. But the fact that he didn't hear her, he completely agreed. And we're seeing that they're they're both on the same page. Right. You know, she has been inspired by him. And, you know, it's but he's just so stubborn that it's not going to happen. But I, I love that. She's like, we're communicating. It's good. Um, So she shoots out the putty arrow. I mean, these are all the arrows. We got a putty arrow that just goes over the windshield and just, you know, is is totally CG and weird looking. I think she um, calls it a Play-Doh arrow. Play-Doh. And then he goes, yeah, shoot the putty arrow at the wheels. She goes, yeah, that would be a good idea. Okay. Um, there's a bomb arrow. It some like kind of slime. Bo- yeah. slime from Nickelodeon back in the day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's exactly what goo. it looked like. Oh, yep. Gak. What, what was, it was that like show? Gak. It was Gak. Was it? Oh, you can't say that on television? No. Um, slime Time double, Live? No, Double Dare. Oh, that was like I everything that when they were reaching when they went like at the end of every episode it had like this poor dude just reaching up this nose and just all the slime no, was coming no, out. No, 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 that's another that's disgusting. another show, wasn't it? No, that was Double Dare. Double Dare. Figure it out. Oh, and if I'm you thinking lost, about, you got uh, Gooey Louie. It, it poured <laughs> all Louie. over you. It was a great show. <clears throat> yeah, Gooey Louie was like a, a kid's game, like a board game, and you had to pull boogers out of this out of Louie's nose. Here's my okay, if you want to nitpick, <laughs> here's my question. She's shooting the arrows, having no clue what each of them does. He mm-hmm. pulls out the arrows before he even sees the tip. He's like, take these two acid tip arrows, pulls mm-hmm. them out. He knows which arrows they are before he even takes them out. He's, well, he's always he known does. that because he he, he's got them marked on the top. So he knows. So he can be quick. He's always done that. So he can be quick when they're on his back because he can see them when they're on. It's probably a combination of him just knowing the feel of each individual arrow and muscle right. memory. Like, I, yeah, he, I, he I, knows he knows his gear like extremely well. 
Yeah. Yeah, but with those arrows, once you're done shooting them, you're not getting them back. Yeah, no. He probably makes more. Yeah. This is one of those things that I kind of forgive because it's him. Like, if it was another character doing what Hawkeye was doing with these arrows, I wouldn't buy it. I would be on your side. But But because it's Hawkeye, Hawkeye, I I absolutely forget. I forget which movie it was in, but you actually see him, you know, on his wrist or something like that. He clicks something and you see the quiver yep. of, his, uh, of his bow connect the arrow to the tip. Yeah, I remember that too. That, that okay. made more sense to me than the arrows already being set the way they are in this episode, in this show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, overall, it was a great it was a great car chase scene. Uh, the 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 talking back and forth, um, I thought worked out very well, mm-hmm. and it does show it, it does showcase her because the first fight scene sh- showcased his ability to shoot. This fight scene or car chase scene showcased her ability to shoot and how good mm-hmm. she was. Yeah, yeah, they're both great. Yeah. So so we've got putty putty arrow bomb plunger cables. <laughs> they go th- they go through a tree like a tree um they're selling trees tree it's not a farm per se it's just where they're selling them yeah. um but they're they're out there and shoots this thing and all of a sudden like all these cables shoot out and just grab the trees and pull them all over the car so now it's just this christmas tree car chasing them i i thought that was one of the funniest like like the dumbest things to to work you know now it's covered right. in trees um and as he backs up he says sorry santa Runs over the wacky inflatable arm tube man, and I love that he runs him over, and then he just pops right back up. <laughs> For some reason, that was too funny to me. I love um, the uh, why do we need a plunger arrow? Yep, yep. What's the point of that? Like, it was weird that he gave it to her, and it literally went nowhere. Like, there was no point of it um, at that moment. Um, so he says, "Shoot the shoot the traffic light with the acid arrow." That didn't go anywhere either. Okay, nowhere. so light, the light the light came a... down and did what? Just Nothing. to confuse traffic? Maybe. I, 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 I don't at know. first, I thought maybe it was like it was gonna go somewhere. Like I don't want the cameras seeing me. Like the cameras on the traffic light. Like that's my mm-hmm. that was my first thought. Well, but... what I thought was if you shoot it with the acid arrow, it would slowly fall down and fall down on top of the vehicle that was chasing them. I thought Maybe. one that car was my, did, That was what I, I thought. thought. One car did flip over in that in one of these scenes. Yeah, a car did flip over. Yeah. I mean, she blew one up. Um, yeah. No, where that? Where, no, I mean, no, not the van. She blew up with the with the explosive arrow. Mm-hmm. But I think when one of the street lights fell, I think two reasons. One, traffic from all angles was going to happen at the same time versus right. you know that. And I mm-hmm. thought maybe I maybe I missed it, but I thought one of the traffic lights actually caused another car to flip over and crash. I I, I could be wrong. Possible. It's, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't notice it. So, um, then they get onto the bridge. There's a lot going on. So yeah. So then they get onto the bridge. They're driving up there. They have to stop because there's a dead, dead stop traffic up there. So they do a complete sideways, um, 90 degree turn. And they don't, they're very limited on what they have for arrows left. So there okay. is a regular arrow. First of all, he said they were out of regular arrows, but suddenly he has a regular arrow. Was okay. it a regular arrow? It was. He gave her a regular arrow and he goes, here, this is the last regular arrow. I was like, no, I thought you just that, said there was that no. But that wasn't a regular arrow. It was. I thought the one that he, well. The one that he gives to her. The so one he that he gives to her was. Mm-hmm. A regular mm-hmm. arrow. And he even yeah. said it. 
Okay. Th- so you're right. Uh, maybe he was just saying we're almost out of regular. I don't know. But and then here's the last one. I don't know. But the point is, that's what happened. That's what he said. He says basically, come come down on top of that truck. Aim high. She shoots it up, and he shoots a pim arrow. And I go, oh wow. Yeah. And he hits her arrow, and it, it and it Dead <laughs> makes on. the arrow expand to massive size. It is an arrow the size of like a redwood. <laughs> it comes down on the van, and it's like nobody expected that coming. Like saw that coming. Even when I saw him pull out the pim, I was kind of like. My first thought is that he's gonna shrink the arrow. Like we no. don't always go to we don't always go to expand. We always go to to shrink because we it think was of it. Pretty action. obvious that it was gonna what get you, giant. Yeah. What you missed though is when the initial when she was thought. side by when they were side by side with the challenger, um, which he he actually brings back up again, and she's fighting and they're fighting with the guy in the car. She finds her bow and stuff in the car and takes mm-hmm. it. There yeah. was probably an arrow with that bow that she had that we just didn't notice. Okay. That would be oh, okay. my thought because she only, her, she didn't have her bow. She was shooting with his bow the entire time until they were side by side with that car. I'll take and that. And then he got it. And she's like, this is the last arrow I have. I'll and definitely went take that. that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, man. And I so, love yeah. how at um, the very end when the, go ahead. Sorry. Go no, ahead. I, I just question, um, where did he get, um, the pim particles to make these arrows. I, I, I just, I mean, okay, pim. Sure. I mean, isn't pim alive now? Is he like active? In I don't know. This is a question that I had. I did. Oh, I, did I didn't. Fr- he is friends with with uh, Scott Lang. So yeah, he yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, what does Hawkeye have to do with Scott Lang or pim? He probably just had some made up, just a contingency. Okay. All right. Who knows? I, 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 I it's one know. of those things that I question because yep. I, it's like, okay, so I question it because the MCU has been very careful thus far in the way that these characters interact with each other. Like everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. And when little things like this crop up, I'm like, eh. What? Yeah. Eh. But you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm hopefully there's somewhat of an answer there at some point. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. It's just I'm, I'm just I yeah. Oh well. Oh well. I'll let it go. Move on. So, the next one he basically says, "Here, cover me," and hands her the USB arrow. I say the USB arrow because we saw this in What If. The only time we saw a USB arrow. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was kind of cool that we saw that. When you saw another USB arrow, Chuck? The original Avengers. Did he have a USB? Where? When he's on the the flying ship thingy, and he comes in, and he sh- he's and he's and he has been taken over by Loki, and he shoots it, and it goes into the computer system. Ah, uh, okay, okay, good, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't. Remember I'm glad that. it's it's come up a few times. Okay. I don't remember that. Anyway, all, all he has is I, a USB I, arrow. I, I just literally watched. I yeah. started no, watching I the Avengers you. again. And I'm like, because outside of Avengers, you really don't see, actually, you never see Hawkeye. So his four main movies is and Civil War. So an Avengers movie is the Avengers movies. He sh- so she's like, you don't want to see what this arrow does. She's obviously bluffing because she has no idea. Like, why is there a dongle arrow? This is useless. So she shoots it. Um, our funny guy. Ah! 
ah, screams, and it just bounces off the big guy, and they jump off the they jump off the bridge as they're coming after him. Um, swing down, grapple, and then plunger arrow to hold themselves on the train. Okay, mm. now I understand what the plunger arrow is for. She says, "Got it." So they're sitting back on the train and everything, not facing each other, and they're talking. She still clearly doesn't realize that he is not listening to her because he can't. And um, so she's I just love like, that there's a therapy billboard behind them. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even notice that. That's pretty. Uh, so they're sitting there. We have. I don't remember connection. exactly what it said. All I know is it was it, it was reference to. Do you need to talk about some things that are going on in your <laughs> life? Seek out, like it was like okay, wow, that's that's really on the nose for uh for some things that are going on in Hawkeye's life right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's basically saying, "Oh man, we got to go walk that dog. He's been cooped up all day." And he, and he turns back. He's like, "Yeah, you're not wrong." And she's just like sitting there, like. Okay, what's he responding to? Like, you call yourself one of the world's greatest archers. And then she's like, oh, man, you really think so? He's like, hey, we got to walk that dog. It's been cooped up all day. (laughs) And she just sits there and smiles because she's realizing, okay, we are really on the same page here. And he's not even realizing it, but it's funny that, you know, they're where they are. So I I thought that was, it was a really great scene. It was done very well. I love that he was oblivious to what was actually happening. Yeah. And how the conversation was going. It was really well done. So here's the sad scene. Basically, he's deaf in the apartment, putting a bag of peas on his head, and the phone rings. She walks up and realizes, you know, he's like, hey, honey. And then she's like, no, no, little boy. So she's writing on a pad of paper, you know, oh, it's a little boy. He's like, oh, is this Nathaniel? So he's talking to Nathaniel. He's like, I, I really can't hear you right now. And But it's just this back and forth where she's basically writing down everything he's saying. And he's well, just he's, like, he I want to see hear you. Him. He played it off as if he could hear him. Um, he didn't he want did, his. He, he didn't want. He his said son in the to, beginning. He said in the beginning when he. He said in the when beginning he, when he thought it was his wife that he really couldn't right, hear her. But then, right. as soon as he found out that it was his son, he then started to play it off as if everything was fine. Right. So, yeah, this scene, this scene got to me. Yeah, a little bit. This oh, scene yeah. got to me a little bit. I think it opened her eyes more too. I think it was. He's starting to connect more. He, he really wants to connect back with his family, but it also showed her that this really isn't what he wants to be doing all the time. As much as he enjoys doing this. Not all the time, no. He loves Absolutely his family not. that much more still. So it was, the, it was one of the final lines um, during this back and forth where he's, his son says something to the effect of, it's okay if you're not home for Christmas. It's almost like he's used to this kind of thing. He's used to his father not being around all that much. And that's right. what really that's what really hit the heartstrings with me. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And that's what hit it for him too cuz he's realizing he's like I'm just continuing to let this kid down. Yeah. And, you know, and she, and it hits her too because she's recognizing again that he's giving up so much just to help her, you know, and now he's caught in the middle of it because of what she did. You know, so there's a lot of feels all around where everybody's feeling bad about letting people down and I really hope um. <laughs> that someday there is a movie inside of the MCU or a television show or even a single episode where they really focus on what responsibility the Avengers have. Mm-hmm. Because so far there's been a couple of, oh, oops, we dropped the ball. Right mm. now with Hawkeye in the Ronin suit, and I, I know Lee kind of disagrees with this, but on, you know... um. Banner's part with the vision and just kind of letting that tech fall into the wrong hands. Like, I really hope someday they focus on that because th- th- there is a lot 
that the Avengers as a unit has have done. The kind of they tried uh, doing that with the Accords. Okay, that's the Accords, but that's not. That's one. That's one instance where you know a lot of devastation happened, and you know world governments had no other option but to respond. I'm talking about like singular events where an Avenger or the Avengers as a team have seriously, you know, dropped the ball here and 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 the vision and and i just really hope that one day that kind of gets a a, a spotlight maybe not a whole movie but like it 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 should be somewhat of a focal point in my opinion great power comes great responsibility basically and when you don't if you want to put it like that sure yeah and then what happens if you don't not (coughs) responsible with it right like, I just keep going back to everything that happened in WandaVision and how now there's a version of Vision that is out there and it's, you can't point the finger to anybody else but Bruce. And it's a massive problem. Mm-hmm. And, and right now, you know, the Ronin suit and the introduction of, of the big bad that, that's going to be introduced to this world, you can't point to anybody else but Hawkeye for letting something like that happen. And there's another thing that, you know, comes up later on in this episode that I'm going to point to, too. Like, it's just, it, for me, it's a lot. And it's, it's, I think it would be some really good content that, um, that could be explored. That's all. I would be interested yep. in seeing things like that. So you go down that path. I have one question with all of this. And I just want to know what happened in Budapest. That's it. Yeah. I That's figured we get some kind of answer in Black Widow, but nope. Nope. Or this, but <laughs> or nope. Or this, but nope. <laughs> You know they they bring it up so much. Well, still I, maybe time. that's why maybe that's why I don't really like Black Widow so much because it's like they didn't answer the only thing I cared about knowing about. Well, even even in Endgame when they're flying into space, he's like, "This is so much better than Budapest," and it's like <laughs> none of us know what Budapest was like because we don't know no. what happened in Budapest. No, we don't. Just answer that question. Yep. And yeah. the clause. Right. So we've got. All this craziness happens. They're going back. Okay. And they have their conversation. Echo is now speaking with Kazi. Um, we don't really know the relationship they have here. I thought they were kind of like related, like cousins or whatever. I mean, but then again, they're all calling Fisk uncle. But the whole point is basically she took over for her father. She's basically leading this tracksuit gang. But then uncle is overseeing everything on top of that. Speaking of we're this not... guy who's her father, did you recognize mm-hmm. him, Lee? What? Who is he? He was the creepy dude who was driving the van in um, Dr. Sleep. He was Crow. Yes. Yes, that's who it was. Okay. That, I, was, I was saying, I'm like, I know this guy. I didn't bother looking him up, but yeah, yeah he was totally Crow. I yeah. know him from nice. that, and I know him from the second season of Fargo, which is okay. amazing. But, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, it was. That makes sense. That's good. Good for him. Good call. So, yeah. um, basically, they're having this conversation, and... Kazi is concerned that she's just reckless about it because she's so fixated on on what on her revenge on what she wants and not focusing on taking care of the brothers, you know, of the rest of the guys. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, your father would have done that. Your father would have put the guys first, but you're just being reckless here. And she's like, don't forget who's in charge. You know, yeah. see you later. Uh, this I'm, I'm hoping they go somewhere with this because they're sitting outside of this door. They have a quick conversation, and then this woman comes up, and she's like, are you the doctor? It's like this, you know, little Asian lady. And she's like, I'm busy. Go away. And he's like, oh, well, can you fix this? And she's like, give me 10 minutes. I take cash only. 
And then <laughs> it, it literally goes nowhere. I'm like, okay, who is this lady? She Why did the, the, she fix she, the air air um thingy? Hearing the, aid. The, I yeah, understand she fixed that, the hearing aid. That's it. That's all, uh, she, that's all she's needed. It was for. just a repair shop to, to to get things fixed. Like I don't it know. It just it seemed weird. Like they're gonna use her later to fix something else. No, I think they were just showing you because they. Wanted I think they were just showing. Yeah. His, they, they wanted to have you his, Chinatown. No, they just wanted to have his ear, his hearing aid back in, and instead of just jumping from no hearing aid to hearing aid, they just had that filler to show that they got it. Oh, fixed. okay. So like when they took Thor's eyeball out and then just gave him a different colored one later on, just to be like, okay, let's just get back to him having an eye again. Well, it was, no, he I mean, put an eye in his. He, I, he put the mechanical yeah, yeah. eye back in. Rocket had something to do with that. <laughs> they, they, you they did it. Put his hang, on, on. hang on, hang on. <laughs> they did it so that people like us wouldn't say, "Well, how did he get his hearing aid fixed?" I know that. Okay, That's well it. then, <laughs> no, I get it. I just, I just think it was a very random scene that they just walked up to this random person. Like, how? First of all, how did she know that this person fixed hearing aids? Second of all, I mean, couldn't you just go buy a new one? Do you want a deleted scene where there's a sign no. on the outside of the door? No, I just, I just, I just have a feeling that this person who fixes completely smashed electronics has some kind of value later on. Maybe. It just, it just seemed like a very odd character to introduce for like half a second and then just be like, okay, then suddenly he has a hearing aid fixed that was completely shattered. Okay, whatever. Sure. I mean, John Krasinski wasn't there putting it back together or anything and it's not killing aliens, but... Maybe that, that would be more useful. Fantastic. That's that a good crossover. Been, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> Actually, could you imagine that if it was just John Krasinski? Hey, can you John fix Krasinski, this? Oh, yeah, sure. And John it's just Krasinski like... comes to the door. Yeah, sure, I can fix it. Yeah, that would be so weird. Because, you know, I mean, because the whole internet is clamoring for John Krasinski to be... Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Wait, did you guys just hear that? I heard nothing. Okay. Nobody heard that? Okay, cool. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Good. I just, some pads just came on in the background. Like, as so you said, John Krasinski shows up and it went, ah. <laughs> Anyway, um, <clears throat> so she fixes that. They're, now they're sitting in a diner and he's got his hearing aid off because he just doesn't want to hear her. Um, so they're sitting there. And he turns it back on, and she's like, this happened, that happened. She says, just that day when I picked up that suit, I felt like, you know, this was this was meant to be and was meant to happen, Then I had a purpose now. And he kind of goes into, like, I remember the day I felt the same thing. But he explains it comes with the price, there's lots of sacrifices, and there's things that you will lose, and you'll lose them forever. Mm. And then she comes back with this very childish, very childish, I've seen this before in a child, uh... <clears throat> Where she comes back, he's like, yeah, but think about all the gains, you, the, the things you can gain, like trick arrows and cool costumes. And she's being, like, dead serious. She's yeah. not being sarcastic. Nope. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I figured maybe by now she would have start, started to catch on a little bit and maybe no heed for, some of his. There's no reason for that to happen yet. We're halfway through the show. She's uh, lost nothing. I know. I know. That's, that's yeah. why. Like, she's lost absolutely nothing. So eventually, like, like in order for her to grow as a character, something mm. has to happen. True. Well, she lost True. her father. Yeah, but that when was... she was a little girl, and it was an yeah, alien attack, yet. and it's what motivated her to become very 
good at what she does. It, it motivated her to get into martial arts. It motivated her to get into archery. Like, fine. That 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 was the inciting incident for her motivation. Mm-hmm. In order for her to grow as a character, like all of the other characters that we've seen in the MCU, something needs to happen. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's never dog. it's never just as easy as let me tell you, listen to me. I'm older. Than, it's never that easy. It's never know, that but, easy. But just in the midst of everything they've gone through. I mean, she's she's suffered not more than a scratch, so that's a real valid point. Like, she thinks she's invincible still because she's a she's she's not a teenager, but she might as well be with the way that she's been acting this whole time. She's a young she adult. could lose pizza dog, so you never know. She that could, could lose be pizza dog. I mean, he already lost an eye. Right. I mean, what if he loses the other one? I was so hoping, because that's coming up next. I was this so Nick Fury. hoping <laughs> she was going to call him like Fury or something like that. Just to, yeah. I and then, was and, so then, and then he kind of gives her like a like a look. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> but she starts Hawkeye talking. Hasn't mentioned it. Yeah, like huh? Like, he he reminds me of someone. Eye. Or hey, you remind me of someone. You remind me of and someone. Then, <clears throat> Let's put a little eye patch on you. <laughs> so after she says her costumes, and like, that reminds me, I've got some costume ideas. So she pulls out her amazing art skills again. Oh my god! And, sh- and shows this little costume she made. Basically, she goes, "It's going to be all purple. Those are wings on the on the on the mask there, and H, you know, for Hawkeye." And he's like, "Yeah." So she's like, what if we made it all black with a mask and a hood? And then <clears throat> she kind of just like drops it, whatever. He's just not having it. And she starts questioning about who the Ronin is. You know, it's someone close to you. You're trying to protect them. Um, and he doesn't, he just totally just like blows right through that. Does not say anything about it. She still has no idea that he was the Ronin. That's why he's involved at all. Like, I'm surprised she didn't catch on to that. But then again, why would she think that he would go off and be the Ronin? You know, if he was already Hawkeye. Okay. Exactly. Well, what she skipped over early in the episode when she when he's telling Echo who that hawk that the Ronin is dead is that Black Widow killed the Ronin. Right. And they're all like it's convenient that both of them are gone. Right. No, absolutely. You know, it's convenient mm-hmm. that Black Widow is gone and so is the Ronin. And um, but you're still here. But you're still which here. Which is why right. Yeah. So that's what makes me think like how come she's not catching on? But hey, whatever. So he explains he spent t- the last 25 years trying to go unnoticed. He's not a role model, not to anybody, <clears throat> which she responds back. Like she keeps getting hurt every time he, he discredits himself because she devoted so much of her life trying to be like him. So she just says, no, dude, like you left your family at Christmas because you thought a stranger was going to get hurt. You know, and explain like, look what you've done for me, a person you don't need to be helping, but you're helping me. And again, it's because he has this, I, it's, to me, it really comes down to he has this guilt because he was the Ronin and she's going to be paying for his sins. You know, that's, that's where I'm kind of stuck with. And that's the only reason, that's the main reason why he's so like, ah, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. Because he yep. really is at yeah. this, like, at this end of just, I need to be with my family and I'm letting them all down, but I can't let her down because I did this to her. You know, I mean, yeah, she did it to herself, but I ultimately did put the price tag on the Ronin's head, and they all think right. she's the Ronin. So, anyway, um, the question comes really up: curious. What were the tracksuits after? Right? I'm really curious whose <clears throat> idea was it to <laughs> leave all of this stuff in Stark Tower? Um, they didn't leave it in Stark Tower. This was from okay, the Avengers the, the, compound, the, the one that got blown, the one that got blown up. Um, that got blown up with uh, when Thanos after the second snap. 
Oh, okay, and Thanos fine. came down. Sure. So that was just like the people who were cleaning it up found the suit and it just kind of got to the black market. Yeah, it wasn't just left behind. All right, fine. Fine. <clears throat> That's what we discussed in the first episode when we were looking at it. I'm just like, wait, I thought it was all there. No, okay, the second, the Avengers compound, that was the one that was out in the, the woods there. So, okay. So the question came down to like, what were the tracksuits after in that auction? You know, what else yeah. were they looking for? We know it's the watch. We know it's we the watch. We still don't know why it's the watch. Okay. But the plan is they're going to break into her can, mom's I, penthouse. I, 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 still think, I still think the watch is Tony's. Yeah. I think the watch be. is absolutely Tony's. There's nothing. I mean, it could be Tony's. It could be Pym Tech. I mean, it could be so many different things. There's so much tech that could be in there. And it's, I think it's somewhere between Hank and, and Tony. I think it's definitely Tony. Okay. We'll see. So... The plan is to break into mom's penthouse and access the Bishop's security database and figure some stuff out. So they do. They go into the house and they go through stuff and they start seeing um, that all these guys work for a company called Sloan Limited. Now, it's really like timely because I just finished a video game that I've wanted to play for a while called Spider-Man Edge of Time. And Walker Sloan is um, he's the head of a company called Alchemax. Which is a big thing that comes up in Spider-Man, especially in the future, like Spider-Man 2099. So this is like an early on, like the beginning of um, all this stuff with Walker Sloan. This is I Sloan think I Limited. I think I remember hearing about Alchemex and Shadow Dimensions. Yes, it was brought up in Shadow Dimensions. Edge okay, of Time is, okay. is the sequel to Shadow Dimensions. Okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, Shadow Dimensions is a phenomenal game. It's Edge great. of Time. Edge of Time is even better. It only is focuses it really? on it only focuses on on Peter Parker, Spider Man, and Spider Man Twenty Ninety Nine. But it's this, it's this constant back and forth um, between time. And okay. you kind of switch back and forth. between. But they're communicating because yes. everything that Peter Parker does is affecting things in the future. So they're both kind of playing back and forth. It's really cool. It's kind of, a, kind of like a frequency, you know, the movie Frequency in that sense where they're doing things to kind of affect each other. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love that movie. It's such a good the, movie. Is that on the PS3? Uh, yes, I have I'm it gonna, for PS3. I have to play it now then. Oh, yeah. I think it's really cool. All right. Um, I, I love it. Cool. Anyway, but yeah, you see Sloan um, and all that stuff. But yeah, that's when, I, when they said Sloan. I'm like, wait a second, Sloan? That was just in the game I just finished like three days ago. So cool. Anyway, he's looking around. He see, he's trying to like snoop around at stuff. And all of a sudden, Jack pops out with a sword and says, don't move. Okay. Um, I don't think that's really telling of who Jack is. Now, I'm starting to be in the camp that you are, Will, where it's like, it's pretty obvious that we're looking at Jack, but maybe there's more going on and it's not, and Jack isn't who we think he is just because of all these obvious clues, like mm-hmm. the butterscotch and everything, because now they're laying it on real thick and the way they ended it, they made him look very menacing, but yet, I don't think that, that means that's an end all, like he is menacing. I think we're going to get more that explains him out of the situation in this next episode. And we're going to start to realize there's more going on. So I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the conversation when um, Hawkeye just flat out asks him, where did you get this sword? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. I yep, think that's we'll get really, there. It, I think it's it's wow. And what a way yeah. to leave it off. Like what a cliffhanger. Right. I so, was not happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I was not happy with that as a we need We need cliffhangers to come back like this. I because know, now, now that, I know. Again, I, I love know. that Disney is doing this every other, you know, every week thing and not doing here's the entire season like Netflix is yeah, doing. Yeah, absolutely. I like that they're I, doing that because we lost that when Netflix did it. And it just, it really took away from stuff. So I think I shared before, when I did Breaking Bad, I watched the first five and a half seasons in about two weeks. Yeah. 
it was a lot. It's a lot. And it is a lot. a lot. We watched we watched all of it. And then we and then when we finally cut up, it was the last five episodes. Oh you know? wow. And it was like, you know, this is the 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 entire conclusion of everything we just binged for about two, two and a half weeks. And we had to wait an entire week yeah. for the next part of it. After I, going through that much, it that was, was a, it was that was a nightmare. That was it was really hard. that was so bad. Making and I'm like, I never make, I, what what was it like? The second half of the fifth season was like what eight episodes. Yeah. Making it through week to week on those was hard. Yeah, that yeah. was really so, rough. <laughs> yeah, and after having like instant gratification for five yeah. and a half seasons, it's like oh. So anyway, um. Yeah. So we but go no, from and this. I, and I, I'm just I was just nitpicking about the about the cliffhanger when I said I'm not yeah. happy about it. I just I want. I wanted somewhat of a re- uh, a resolution of that moment. Like I'm yeah. I'm okay with cliffhangers and you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I'm glad that Disney's doing things like this. I'm glad that I'm glad that TV shows are kind of going back to week to week because it, it it gives it a lot more breathing room and you actually have time to talk about it with your buddies. Like it's not just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're going to talk about this entire season in a weekend and then we're done moving on." Okay, what's next? Like Right, right. It it fits certain shows, but it it wouldn't fit here and I'm I'm no. I'm happy about that. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, I like that they're doing it this way. So, anyway, we as soon as that happens, we cut to Sammy Davis Jr. singing Sweet Gingerbread Man. Yeah. And I started laughing so hard. I'm like, is this Sammy Davis Jr.? And I checked. I'm like, yep, that's clearly Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> I never heard the song before. And I was like, how many songs do these sing about, like, sugary things? Like, what's up with this guy? Probably just had a sweet tooth, man. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Uh Anyway, I, I just I thought the song was just was just really funny um, to just end it that way. Like the, the, the music choice for some of these shows and what they're doing lately. It's, it's funny to me how they're starting stuff off um, and just uh, the musical choices, the choices of, of songs that we know that are just regular songs that are being put into the MCU, I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking about what was it that we just watched recently? Was it Eternals? What song did, did start off the, um, the Marvel um, credits for Eternals? I thought it was actually like a good song. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I don't remember. I, I you don't remember that movie. I, I know me too, but I just, uh, it was, yeah, totally it was forgetful. Uh, opening song. Yeah. What was it? Um, da, 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 every song from Eternals. I don't even remember. Yeah. I'm not going to look it up now, but it was definitely like, I think it was that one that started off with a song. I just didn't expect. I was like, okay, all right. I'll I'll get into it, but oh, Pink Floyd, wasn't it Pink Floyd? Sure. Yeah, dude, it was Dark Side of the Moon. It was um um it was Time by Pink Floyd. Oh really? They opened up Eternals with Time, and I'm wow. like, whoa, like that's that's bold. Imagine yeah. seeing the Marvel scroll, the Marvel title with that coming in, and then it goes into the story. I was like, ooh, yeah, I thought they did a good job with that. The remix um, that they did for um for the Matrix, the White Rabbit remix. That was cool. By Jefferson yeah. Airplane is mm-hmm. phenomenal. It's really cool to listen to. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Well, I mean, that's it for, for this episode. Uh, obviously excited to see what they're going to do next week. Um, excited for all the other stuff that's going to be coming out. So we're, we're in the talks right now to plan to go see Spider-Man. Not sure when we'll all get a chance to discuss it, but, um, you know, I, I, would be, I would not be surprised if that happens sometime in January. Yeah. 
That's probably uh, going to be on the January docket. Yeah, because we definitely want to we want to sit there and and pay a lot of attention to it. We, I mean, a lot a lot of other podcasts, uh, you know, will go up there and they'll watch something to give you, you know, their their five ten minute review. Obviously, with us going like an hour and twenty, if we not more, we can't do that. We, <laughs> we can't, can't do that. that. I can't so imagine us. We getting need more through, time. I can't imagine us getting through any movie in ten or twenty minutes. Oh, no, no way. No, I no, no way. Spider-Man's going to be a two-and-a-half-hour podcast for us. You know that. Well, that's why it was so yeah. funny. When we when we did our collaboration a few years ago on The Rise of Skywalker with um, with Stylo Ken, they're, they're so used to it being like a you know, 10, 15, maybe 20-minute episode talking about multiple different things. We spent like two hours talking about The Rise of Skywalker. That was a long time. And he, he was just not, like, <laughs> not used to our format. <laughs> so... Yeah, it ended up being an interesting I think situation. That would be, but I think that would be cool, though, just for, you know, if we did that once in a while, just did like a 10, 15-minute blurb here and there and just threw it up on the thing just to give kind of people a quick rundown of, hey. Yeah, cool we've, we've mentioned that. There. We've mentioned that in the past, and we can definitely discuss that in our conversations. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, again, for this, for Hawkeye, I think we, um, we pretty much ripped this one apart, um, especially her hanging on the roof of a car. With nothing to hold on to. I love this um, episode overall. It's my favorite episode. Yes, exactly. So far, it's my favorite episode. Yeah. I think we're on the same page. And I, yep. I so lo- I'm just, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with Vincent D'Onofrio. So. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be so cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you guys next week. Bye, guys. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>